Welcome to the Socket Podcast. Socket helps you plug into you and unplug from things that no longer serve you. Find your voice and self-esteem while learning to say no and set boundaries when needed. Your host, Kathy Suber, is an entrepreneur and mom of two with a life lens of happiness. If living a life of authenticity, kindness, and confidence is something you are looking for, get ready to plug in. We are glad that you are here. Welcome to the Socket Podcast. As we continue our journey talking about mindset as we roll out the 12 elements of health in 2021, we're talking today about the benefit of the doubt. I think this topic is so important in so many aspects of our lives because when we have communication come in or we find something out about someone, we have the opportunity to decide if they've done it in a harmful negative way to us or in a positive way or in a, hey, I'm just quickly typing you a text, no real big meaning behind it. We talked on our last podcast about the beliefs about yourself and our subconscious mind and how our internal dialogue of what we believe to be true about who we are and the things that we say to ourselves on a regular basis and those beliefs we've ha- we have i believe this plays into the benefit of the doubt because if you believe that people don't like you, if you believe you're not worthy, if you believe that um, kind of the world's out to get you in whatever way or that you can't make progress or move forward or you're set in that fixed mindset that we talked about, then you're more likely to interpret things that happen to you in a negative way. So I'm gonna give you a couple of examples that I've seen, some of them for myself and others um, through patients or friends that I've seen kind of go down this wormhole of, oh, I can't believe they did this to me or I know they're talking about me. So one of the things I'll talk about is actually a personal thing. I don't think I've ever told Jason this. So Jason, if you're listening, we can talk about it later. Anyway, um, Jason and I met online Uh, I started online dating and I went to match. I'm 47 now. Jason and I have been dating for four and a half years. So I was 42 when this happened. And for me, match wasn't exactly the right match. We're just going to call it. Um, The people I was getting matched up with, I I wasn't quite sure had jobs and um, nothing against match because I know a ton of people that really found the right fit there. So match, don't, don't reach out to me and get all mad. For me, it just didn't work. So I went off of match and I gave online dating a rest. Um, online dating's tough. You really do have to be confident in yourself. Um, so I ended up rejoining four and a half years ago on eHarmony. And I dated someone for about two months and super nice guy just wasn't the right fit long-term. I took another break and then in September of 2016, I jumped back on, on uh, eHarmony. Jason and I connected on eHarmony and on another, um, uh, another Bumble or something like that the same day. So, you know, I, I joined at 12 o'clock noon and by two o'clock we had connected and with any harmony, you go back and forth on their online system. That's one of the things I liked about it was that you um, had the opportunity to not give your personal information or go to some messaging system right away um, with other entities that were kind of dating uh, sites, I found that I was getting all these private messages right as soon as I signed up. And that just felt uncomfortable to me. Um, plus people, are, some of the people were really weird. 
Anyway, so go back to that Saturday. So we kind of communicated back and forth on eHarmony and you get through all these different phases. So if you kind of both like what each other had to say in the initial question stage, you can pick another part of their system to get through. And I think you have to get through three or four systems in order to get to their private messaging system. And once you get there, you can exchange information. Um, great system. Good job, eHarmony. Anyway, on Sunday, we were talking in the morning and he said, Hey, you know, it's football Sunday. I'm going to have, I'm going to have a couple friends over for the 12 o'clock game. And at around 9 PM, I had not heard anything from him. And I had sh shot him over a text at maybe six or seven kind of, Hey, hope, hope you had a good time with your friends. You know, well, by three in the morning, I had determined in my brain, because I didn't give Jason the benefit of the doubt that he, he had moved on. He didn't like me. If he was talking to someone else, why wouldn't he message me back? And I spun this crazy little story. At like 6.30 in the morning on Monday morning, Jason messaged me and says, oh my goodness, the day turned into night and a bunch of my buddies slept over and we had a great time. And I woke up this morning, couldn't wait to message you or whatever he said, something to that effect. And I realized how ridiculous my brain got to a place where God forbid for one 12 hour period of time, he didn't respond back to me that I immediately went to, he doesn't like me. So that's what I'm talking about where it goes back to the beliefs about yourself, right? That was a, a lack of self-confidence that I had in myself that my immediate thought process when he didn't respond back to me for a period of time that I assumed, I knew that I would have responded back to him. Um, but people are different. So I had to really evaluate that moment and realize, you know, Kathy, you've got to slow your roll, you know, trying to find someone that you're going to be in partnership for the rest of your life with is challenging. And it's, it takes, it's a process. It's not something that you meet them Saturday at two o'clock online. And by Monday at noon, you're, you're dating, you know, exclusively dating. So if you're out there either as a single divorced person later in life or even earlier in life and you and you are going through that process of kind of the back and forth give people more time than you think you need to because you never know what's going on in their lives now the opposite is true you do need to pay attention when the red flags come up right if someone doesn't respond to you for 10 days and then they message you at 8 p.m saying hey you want to get together their motives may not be um, completely pure about just getting to know you. So you have to know your value, but you also have to not let some internal discussion with yourself that you're never going to find anyone or, you know, you've got these flaws that you're worried about. You don't want to let that poison some of the early communication when you, you know, get all upset that this person hasn't, you know, reached back for 12 hours. So that's a little personal thing that I went through that really woke my eyes up or, you know, opened my mind up to, hmm, I need to, I need to be more thoughtful with how quickly my brain can go to a negative scenario because there was ne nothing negative happening. Jason was just hanging with his buddies, watching football, probably having a couple of drinks and having a great old time. He probably was talking about me like, Hey, I met this great girl online. And, uh, I just couldn't see that at that time. 
because I chose not to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I chose to spin this wild story about how I was never going to hear from him again. So luckily that did not happen because uh, we're really happy. Um, we go through life well together, even the ups and the downs. And this year there's been more downs than ups. Um, another thing that I hear frequently from people, and I certainly have had this happen to myself is, especially in the world of social media, when you kind of know where everyone is doing everything, you see a group of your girlfriends out and you have not been invited. Um, there are sometimes this happens and you get that little gut oh my gosh, they didn't invite me. Again, you can spin this crazy story about they, they're they having a meeting and they've decided that Kathy Subber isn't invited to any of their girls' night out anymore or they're meeting for lunch or whatever it might be. What you don't know was what happened before. Why was that gathering created? There are times when you literally just aren't and very specifically aren't invited. And that's something that you've you've got to deal with, right? If you realize that I'm trying to be friends with this group of friends and they always get together and they're getting together twice a week and you get invited once every two months, you might need to go find a different tribe. That just might not be might not be your friend circle that uh, is connecting with you well. Um, if you have this great group of girlfriends that you know, they're friends with one another individually. There's little pockets of it. You know what I'm talking about. There's a group of 10 women and you kind of hang out more with three of them and, and four other of them kind of hang out because they play tennis together. And then there's a group of five of you that get together because you're divorced moms. I, you know, there's all different little subgroups of a larger group. Sometimes it literally is those four women that went to play tennis, went to play tennis. And then they said, hey, let's grab lunch. You don't know where they've been or what they have been doing beforehand. Maybe they all went home and showered and they're not in their tennis gear. And now they're out having a glass of wine on a Tuesday, having this grand old time. And they post a picture, you know, lunch with my besties. And you see that. And for some people, immediately you can spin that story of I specifically was not invited to go on this, or you see someone on vacation with someone else and you're like, man, I kind of thought I was close enough friends to be invited to that. You don't know. Maybe they were going somewhere that someone, one couple got invited and there's not enough room to invite four more couples. And they happen to be out and see this other couple like, Hey, we're, we're going to this lake house. You want to come with us? You just never know. You never know what the what the reasoning for those people getting together. I know there was a group of, of women that were all friends way back when I lived in another neighborhood and three of them lived on the same exact street and had young kids. And so very often we'd see them on social media or know that they'd gotten together in some way, shape or form. And it really was, they were just sitting outside playing with their kids and they're like, oh, hey, why don't you come over to my backyard? We'll, we'll finish the hangout there. And then you see it on social media and somehow I think a lot of people assume I specifically didn't get invited. So anyway, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse. I'm just saying that when you see that situation, unless you know in your gut, this just isn't the right fit for you or these friends don't seem to be moving in the direction you are or you get you get the feeling that, when you're with them, they're talking a lot negatively about other people, um, then it's possible they're talking negatively about you. I'm not unrealistic that those things don't happen. But for the most part, you get to decide, your mind gets to decide 
is this some horrible thing you've been left out of? Or was it just an opportunity you weren't there for? And had you been there for, you would have been included. So that's another kind of example of that. Um, another thing is text message. And this is going to go back to another personal thing for me. I've been divorced for th about 13 years. And um, as you know, divorce is not super fun. And there's a lot of back and forth that isn't always positive. Um, no matter who's in the right, who's in the wrong, I always say in my divorce, we both had signs and symptoms that our partnership was not as strong as it could be. And that, um, you know, we just really didn't do life the same way. I always tell my boys, when you're dating someone and you're continuing to move forward to that next part of the relationship, need to make sure that you, for the most part, do life the same way. You know, one person, as you get into a marriage and having babies and managing finances, if one person's a complete neat freak and the other one is a complete slob, you're going to have a lot of conflict in there. If one is fly by the seat of their pants, I want to plan things super last minute. And the other one is I need my calendar booked out a month in advance for me to feel comfortable doing what I want to do, you're going to have a lot of conflict. If one person is spending all my money all the time and I just, I don't, you know, I'm not a big saver and the other person is super financially conservative, you're going to have a lot of issues. If one person wants to go out four nights a week and the other person would really be happy going out one night a month, you're going to have some issues. So, I look at those big kind of life measures of how do we live our lives? And even if you really enjoy someone's company, if you're off or too off on too many of them, it's not going to work. So that's where me and my ex fell. We just didn't do life exactly the same way. And as the stressors of finances and having children and, and work and all that, all that life stuff that comes up, it just made sense for us to part ways, you know, through through that time, we certainly had some negative communication. We really don't anymore. We co-parent well every once in a while. You know what? Every once in a while we have a problem and sometimes it's my fault and I don't realize it until afterwards. Text message and email are terrible forms of communication when you are in relationship with someone that there's been some stressors in. And I note this with some of my staff as well. Sometimes I'll just be like, hey, can you get this done? And if they're, you know, not in a good place with themselves or they're worried about something at work and they get a quick text message from me about, hey, can you do this project? They can hear it in their mind of, hey, can you do this project? Where I'm just like, hey, can you get this project done? Right. The tone of voice you can't read. So sometimes I get text messages from my ex-husband. And I still go back to reverting back to years ago where I'm reading this in kind of a negative tone. And then sometimes I will respond back in a almost a defensive way, thinking due to the fact that I believe this came in from a negative tone. And as I realized this in the last couple of years that every once in a while that I still do this, now when I get a message from him, I just think, what are the two different ways that he could be saying this? Now it's, it's, did you make that, that doctor's appointment for Nick? Well, that can be literally, Hey, did you make that doctor's appointment for Nick? Or if I've been procrastinating and I didn't make that doctor's appointment for Nick, which sometimes happens and I get, Hey, did, did you set that appointment for Nick? What I hear, because I'm already feeling insecure about it, or I'm already feeling kind of upset that I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I hear, Hey, 
Did you make that appointment for Nick? And you don't know through a text message what that tone of voice is. And you can make yourself miserable assuming that the tone of voice through text message or email is a negative one or an aggressive one. And so reeling that emotion back in and looking at each form of communication for its strengths and its weaknesses. Text message is awesome in super quick communication. Um, I love text message. Sometimes people call me and I'm like, why are you calling me? Could you just send me a text message? <laughs> but you can still call me. If you want to call me, you can call me. But sometimes I really prefer a text message. Um, I think I'm on that cusp, right? I think I think people even younger than me like, I don't even know if they answer their phones. I, one of my friends, if you if you go through to his voicemail, just says, please text me or it, like, like, I don't even check my messages. Um, so anyway, I'm getting off on the tangent. So back to the benefit of the doubt. In every situation, you get to decide what your belief system is on what the communication that's coming towards you is. Or like I said, if you see a bunch of people out on social media um, and you and you weren't invited. Now there is a limit, right? You get to a point where, you know, if you if you're thinking that something's going on that's not good and you keep thinking it and your gut tells you something's not right, there's a good there's a good possibility that that's that's truthful. So I'm not saying to just be all oh, I'm so positive about everything. Everything's roses and, and unicorns and rainbows. Although I do like roses and unicorns and rainbows, but not everything is that way. So you do need to listen to your gut and make sure that the relationships that you're in and your work environment and your marriage and your friendships and your relationships with people at your kid's school or anything like that, you do want to make sure that those are solid, healthy relationships. Um, and and if you have too many experiences that you're trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, and then you realize maybe I really shouldn't be, then you just slowly kind of wean yourself away from that and come to the agreement with yourself that not everyone's for me. Not everyone's going to like me. Some people aren't going to like me. Some people I'm not going to like, and that's okay. And so you move forward in a different direction. And like I said, you, you find that tribe, you find those new friends that are really invested in you and that are going to include you more times than not. So I hope this uh, made you think about a couple of things in your life that you might want to reevaluate because I see a lot of people struggle from the assumption that someone has done something negative to them. But when you look at it without emotion, you think, huh. There's probably a couple other reasons that could have happened. So I am a big, big proponent for giving people the benefit of the doubt. Have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Socket Podcast. Looking for more gratitude, confidence, and happiness in your life? Check out our website, www.simplysocket.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Simply Socket. And remember, be unapologetically you. It's a waste of energy to be anything else.